0: Catholic on Purpose is now the Bab to Catholic Show.
1: Just imagine that every time we say Catholic on Purpose in this episode, we mean the Bab to Catholic Show.
0: Welcome back into Catholic on Purpose.
1: Today we're talking about the new evangelization.
0: Let's get moving. Catholic on Purpose is a show exploring what we believe is Catholics and how we can live it intentionally.
1: If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and share.
0: So yeah, today we're talking about the new evangelization.
1: As opposed to the old one.
0: Yes, as opposed yeah. to the old one. There was an old one. Yeah. So we are going to talk about the new evangelization. This is a um, topic that you, if you're a Catholic at least and you've had your ear to the ground at all the last 50 years or so of the church, um, been it's,
1: pretty in vogue. Yeah, it's
0: pretty yeah. been in vogue. Yeah, I think that's a good way to describe it. What is the new evangelization? Um, so I thought we'd just go start with uh, people who are smarter than we are.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, well, we that's just, always a good place to start. It's around here
0: to go, you know,
1: we could just make <laughs> up stuff,
0: but then you know, there goes our listener pace. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, the new evangelization, I'm taking this, um, taking this from the uh, United States Council of Catholic Bishops. And an article they did on the new evangelization, kind of breaking it down, and they say, "Quote: The new evangelization is focused on reproposing the gospel to those who have experienced a crisis of faith." Pope Benedict XVI called for the reproposing of the gospel, quote, to those regions awaiting the first evangelization, and to those regions where the roots of Christianity are deep, but who are who have experienced a serious crisis of faith due to secularization." End quote. The new evangelization invites each Catholic to renew their relationship with Jesus Christ and his church, end quote. So I thought that was really succinct. You know, we could kind of talk about it and go round and round in circles, but it's really, really clear. In this particular uh, take on what the new evangelization is, there are two groups, uh, two groups to which this evangelization effort is aimed. Mm-hmm. One of them being those who are awaiting the first. I think a lot of times when we think of evangelization, that's who we're we usually think about people yeah. who have not either heard Jesus, the name Jesus Christ at all, which would yeah. be a pretty significant minority. I mean, at least where we live uh, or people who have not heard maybe the fullness of the Catholicism, something like that. Uh, and then there's those people who have um, these deep roots in Christianity, but so mm-hmm. much though that they've kind of become inoculated to it has, have suffered a kind of a crisis of faith and it's, no longer really meaningful and lived out in yeah. a real way in that I'm, culture.
1: Yeah, I'm definitely thinking of several places in Europe, countries in Europe that have a deep root of Catholicism, and it's kind of um, falling off at this point. Um, definitely decreasing in numbers, but um, yeah,
0: yeah, it's it's kind of sad. I was when I was thinking about this group, I was the scripture passage from Revelation two four came in you've, um, lost your first love, right? Mm. You have abandoned your first yeah. love, right? So that's kind of what, what I think of. And recently I was, I was reading a blog post by someone and they were talking about their kind of conversion or reversion to Christianity. Uh, but describing growing up in, uh, very much Catholic Europe, a Catholic part of Europe. And, uh, just describing it as growing up and yeah, it was part of their culture, but it was very kind of ornamental mm. and you didn't really believe, you know, in Jesus and the stories of the Bible, mm-hmm. just like you wouldn't believe in a fairy tale. It's no, a, oh, it's, it's no. a, it's a wonderful part of our story, but no one really takes it that seriously. So that was, uh, so that's, that's that second group. As I was reflecting on it, I kind of was like, man, I kind of feel like we're in group 1.5, like <laughs> one and a half, um, I really feel that way because as we've mentioned on the podcast before, we're part of a mission diocese uh, in the Bible belt. So it's not as if Christianity is foreign.
1: Yeah. But Catholicism.
0: But Catholicism, right? But Catholicism. Yeah. That's, that's kind of where the strain is. And in a way, yes, this part of the country has been evangelized for Christ.
1: Oh, definitely. And
0: wonderfully. And I mean, it's, you, you meet so many wonderful Christian people here. Uh, but in, in another way, it kind of makes it difficult mm. because you're almost a lot of folks are almost inoculated against a full presentation of the gospel, yeah. which would would include right uh, the Catholic Church and as the fullness of the truth. Um, so it's kind of like a one point five, was <laughs> what, what I'm calling us. But so you got these basic groups um, who the new evangelization is honed at. Um, t- going back to that USCCB article, something that I found really super fascinating is they they quoted some statistics here. And it says, quote, The 2008 Center for Applied Research in the Apostolate, or CARA, study called Sacraments Today, Belief and Practice Among U.S. Catholics provides a glimpse into the beliefs, practices, and attitudes of U.S. Catholics. According to the study, only 23% of U.S. Catholics regularly attend mass once a week, while 77% self-identify as proud to be Catholic. Wow. So that's 2008. Do you think anything has changed since then?
1: (laughs) I'm actually kind of a little bit surprised that the 77% is as high as it is. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. That is. I mean, and I guess, you know, you can look at it half empty, half full, you, don't, you know, at least those people are proud to be Catholic. It could be 22% and nobody is proud to be Catholic, but uh, you, you also see. Proud to the, be
1: nominally Catholic. Yeah, <laughs> proud to be
0: nominally Catholic. What does that mean, yeah. right? And that's a question that you would like to follow up with those people. What does it mean to be proud to be Catholic? Yeah. Kind of like it's just your heritage, you know, so kind of like you're Jewish. My great 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 grandpa was Irish, and so am I. Yeah. woohoo! Whatever that means, you know, <laughs> yeah. couldn't tell you the first thing about Ireland or <laughs>
1: <you> know, <laughs> right. the
0: traditions of being Irish. But hey, you know, I'm proud. You know, I'm proud of my family's history. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of unsettling, you know, to say the least. And that's not even to mention the U.S. the, the Pew report, which was more recently done. I think it was it 2019 or 18. I think it was like 19. nineteen. I think it was early spring. That was released about. 70% of oh Catholics don't
1: believe in the real presence of the Eucharist. I mean, the source and summit of the Christian life and and they don't believe it. That's disheartening to say the least. Yeah.
0: So I mean there's there are, those are two kind of weighty statistics against us, I guess you could say, but um and but also just a testimony to to why we need this new evangelization, right? Um so I thought just for a second we might get a little personal here and kind of discuss ways that we have implemented um, or tried to. We're not perfect at it by any means. We've tried to implement this call to the new evangelization here at the Phillips household, uh, both individually and now as kind of a team. Yeah. Right now you're listening to one of them. <laughs> now, if you're
1: still listening. <laughs> if you're still listening.
0: You're like a minute in. Oh, I'm thinking. I'm Get a little drowsy, Margaret. <laughs> tune off for tonight. <laughs> but uh, this is... This is a means of of the new evangelization. How effective it's going to be, we don't know. But as we were, were reflecting, with someone the other day, maybe it was on this podcast, that that's not our that that shouldn't be our main focus or or worry. Is you mm-hmm. know, we, we shouldn't be worried about, hey, is this podcast getting to people? Is it are people's lives being altered by it? We're just like the parable of the sower, right? We're just sowing as liberally as we can and yeah. using. Right. Um, these new means of technology of, of reaching out of media to get to people who may have not heard the gospel or may have heard the gospel and not really acted upon it or haven't acted upon it recently or yeah. fallen out of practice, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so that's that was kind of the idea behind the Catholic on Purpose podcast where it's like, we have this burning desire to share the good news, to share the evangelion, the gospel. How do you do it? How does a mom and dad of three kids do that?
1: Poorly, as you all are witnessing. <laughs> 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 take it one day at a time.
0: But anyway, uh, so that's one. That's one thing, you know. Um, the the Bible study that we've been hosted. We just yeah. did our first one last Monday um, at eight p.m. Eastern, and got pretty good response from it. Yeah, and, uh, thanks be to God. Uh, More than
1: anything, it's pretty fun to do. Yeah, honestly. Yeah yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, yeah. It doesn't have to be clunky. It's one of the things, you know. And that's something I was going to talk about a little bit later. You know, when you when you foray out into this kind of world of... Um,
1: into the unknown. Into the unknown.
0: Okay, sorry. <laughs> We've we, got we have children's. Yeah, We have children around here that like to <laughs> watch the Frozen. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, really, when you go out into the unknown, you kind of step out. Yeah, it's a little daunting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it's also fun. It has been fun for us to see people... Uh, engaged with the material that we produce and uh, e- excited about it. You know, yeah. it's like we said last week, you know, when we heard somebody on the other side of the world was actually listening. And not only that, they said they were fans. We we're like, hold on a minute. Maybe this person doesn't have many hobbies. I don't know. We're trying to explain <laughs> it away. <laughs> Maybe it's just because of COVID. And it's they probably
1: because that. she doesn't know us in real life. <laughs> <You're right. laughs>
0: So there are a lot of ways, you know, you kind of rationalize it to yourself. Oh, it can't be. But see, here's the thing. And I think this doesn't just apply to us. It just applies to everybody. I think the Holy Spirit wants to do so much more with us mm-hmm. than we want to allow Him to.
1: Yeah, yeah absolutely.
0: Like we, we want to allow Him to do things through us. And, and not to say we've done so much because we've been so open to the Holy Spirit. No, but it has been a kind of a learning experience. On Definitely. being receptive to him and what he wants docile to do, docile, docile is the him. word. Yes. Docile to the Spirit. What do you want to do, Holy Spirit? I'm up. I'm up for it. I don't know that I can do it, but I know you can do it if you so choose. So whatever you choose to do, let's go. Yeah. And just having that attitude has been uh, it's been it's it's been fun. It's been yeah. fun to see where the Lord has taken this. Um, Aaron has been blogging. It's it, it's been interesting. This is something <laughs> I think really the Lord has really put on her heart in a very special way. And I'll let her, I'll let her talk to that a little bit about blogging and writing and where that came from.
1: Yeah. Um, well, I, I love, I love to read. And I think from that has come a love for writing just because I love the beauty of words. Just the written word is just so powerful to me. And I think there's a lot of people out there like me who, who, could meet Christ in the written word, and so I just wanted to share that with people. And if anybody on here follows my blog, um,
0: Catholic on yeah,
1: um, it is totally random, and I readily admit that, um, but and a lot of it is stuff that, um, Maybe some people think I shouldn't write about. Like I I just wrote about Humble, the Kendrick Lamar song, I think last week. And um, Casey was a little bit leery about that because he was like, it's a pretty bad song. And I'll be, I put a disclaimer in it. Don't, don't watch the video and don't, don't listen to the song because that's not the point of what I was writing. wasn't to get you to watch it or listen to the music at all, but. I write so that I can help other people to meet Christ where they are. Mm -hmm. And if they can see Christ in one of those small things, one of the small pop culture references that I have on there, then that's where I want to meet them. Because the church is, like Pope Francis says, we are triaging people on Mm. a battlefield. Mm. And if that's where they are, then that's where I need to meet them and bring them into the tent and into the hospital, into the church, rather than trying to um, move somebody with a a blown off leg. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Yeah, like
0: oh, this is very. I mean, one of our heroes in the face. You know, just. On the scene today, <laughs> who drew us uh, through the Holy Spirit? Obviously, uh, was Bishop Robert Barron and his 10 parts Catholicism series. But not only that, he does a lot of these YouTube commentaries and some of the videos, or sorry, excuse me, some of the the movies that he comments on. You think like, oh, you would be scandalized? Oh, oh, a absolutely! Bishop watched that. Uh, uh, you know, a priest would you know allow his ears to be infiltrated with such and- stuff. But here's the thing. He often says he's looking for seeds of the word. Absolutely, the word, looking for seeds of the word. How how can we engage a culture that's wrapped up in this stuff if we're just kind of back in? Uh, you know, I, I know we're in COVID season, so we all have gloves on. But you know, <laughs> if we just got you know our latex gloves on. Like I'm not touching that. I'm not touching that. I'm not touching that. Well, I mean, you don't have to approve of things. You don't even have you know. But seeing. We all have that, as St. Augustine says, that restless heart that's aching for God. And it comes out. may not come out the way that you'd want it to come out, but it comes out. And how do we engage that? So I think Aaron has been doing that in a great way. So you're welcome. No problem. (laughs) Uh, So I was thinking just of other piddly things, like what can you do? What can you do to be a bearer of the gospel to the world? Clothing. That seems so totally random, but it's easy to do. I think about you know you're wearing a miraculous medal, are wearing maybe a crucifix. Uh, we talked about in another episode, you know, a, a Catholic T-shirt. Mm-hmm. I had somebody comment on. I, I did a live video, kind of promoting our giveaway from our Bible study, and I had a, a Saint Padre Pio shirt on, and somebody commented, "I love your shirt." You know, so not taking that for granted at oh, all. That's something silly. That's not really being serious. You know, with the proclamation of the gospel, you really don't know. Yeah. Until you get out there and try different things and see see what sticks for some people, and I just co- incorporating God into your conversations. You know, right? Instead of saying, you know, thank you so much, God bless you," right? Things that uh, might stick out, especially if you're in a culture which we're not really, but if you're we're, you're in a kind of a country. In a culture where talking about God or even bringing it up mm-hmm. is kind of oh you know Cliche, kind of, why would maybe. you do that you know or I thought only grandma you know saying <laughs> I thought older people said that kind of thing but if you're like our age a millennial and you say God bless you people don't just take that for granted they're kind of like oh well that's interesting that's different I was thinking to d- the other day I, I had a conversation with a neighbor and one of the fruits I think of this lockdown, quote-unquote, has been uh, really thinking about those who live around you in a more concerted way, at least I have. And this guy in uh, whose house backs up to ours, he was out mowing, and he kind of stopped, and we, we had a conversation. The first conversation I think I've had with the guy since we moved in a year and a half ago. I mean, that's sad on my part. I should have been doing something else. But um, you know, during that conversation, it naturally came up a way for me to insert where we go to church. Yeah, we go down to Christ the King Cathedral down here, you know, where that's that kind of thing. It wasn't forced, So I wasn't saying now become Catholic, my good man and know the fullness of the word. <laughs> you know, I didn't want to scare the dude. Go
1: forth and make disciples. <laughs>
0: Go in peace. <laughs> Thanks be to God. You know, I wasn't trying to like <laughs> ram it down old dude's throat, but there again, if if you never even mention the name of God ever, uh, who's going to care, yeah. who's going to want to become Catholic. Who's going to want to uh, pursue a, a, a that kind of a life. Yeah. If we don't at least have it on our lips, it's, to some degree. Okay. So I, those are just some thoughts I had. And the other big one that I was, I came away with, with this is um, me and Aaron talked about this. Don't let perfection or the perfect become the enemy of the good. You know what I'm saying? It, w- this is something we've, you hear out in culture. Don't let the perfect become the enemy of the good. Whew. I was thinking about this with the um, Bible study um, that we're hosting. And I think I mentioned it. I don't think I mentioned it in this podcast, but I mentioned it. Uh, the first night that we did our live stream. Okay. Talk about being vulnerable. This podcast has, we've already deleted a couple of scenes, folks, from this podcast. <laughs> as we started today. You know why? Because we're goobers and we mess up uh, and we're like, nope, we don't want somebody on this side of the world hearing this. Bye. You know, <laughs> So uh, we we regularly, you know, oh, I messed that up. Let's delete it. But a live stream, you can't do that. You know, or you wh- say
1: something and then you listen back. You're like, Oh, Whoa, didn't mean (laughs) to say
0: that. I didn't mean to say it like that, right? You know, Wanda's on the other side watching you. And if you mess up, Wanda's taking notes, right? Right? That's what it feels like, That's what it feels like. You know, people are are nicer than that. But in your mind, you get worked up. And I was a little worked up before this thinking, you know, what if we mess up? What if we say something? I mean, you know, there's a lot more smarter people with PhDs that they could be listened to leading a Bible study. What do I have to give? Don't let the perfect become mm-hmm. the enemy of the good. Amen. And who wants to jump on that bandwagon? Who wants to jump on that bandwagon of, you're not good enough. Hey man, you really need to leave this to the experts. But the enemy, the mm-hmm. father of lies, Satan himself. Mm-hmm. Sure. He wants you to kind of back off and let somebody else take care of it. When really God is calling you to do it, you to do it in your imperfect way, mm-hmm. you to do it with your funny accent, you to do it with all your hangups. Did you just
1: call me out for my no, accent? I didn't,
0: no, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> Somebody Excuse? else did. Somebody else did. Who listens to this podcast? But I did not. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> no, whatever it is. You, see, that's and often I don't. I think we take this for granted. A lot of our "quote unquote" hangups are what endear us to people. Mm. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? Uh, we we could just use our social media to to promote Bishop Barron all day long, and that would be a good thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but a lot of times people don't want to listen, or especially people who are kind of on the fringes of the church, or maybe mm-hmm. not in the church at all. Yeah, okay, some random bishop. Uh, Yeah. No, no thanks. Yeah. I'd rather not. Or, oh, some priest. No, I've heard it, seen it, done it. No thanks. But they see you, who they work with, and you're talking about the Bible, you're talking about your faith. "Hmm, I'm interested to see what Billy has to say.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So use that to your advantage, you know, and uh, especially as being a lay person, you kind of, you're kind of the undercover SEAL team for the church.
1: Right. Yeah. Because
0: they don't, they don't expect it coming. What is that? Never, never expect the Spanish inquisition, whatever that is from Monty Python, but <laughs> you know, so they don't expect it coming from you. Yeah. They would expect it coming from some people, you know, with their preconceptions and stuff. Um, the last thing I was going to bring up is, uh, Vatican II's document, right. On the, uh, dogma- the dogmatic constitution on the church, Lumen Gentium. And what they have to say about perspective, Specifically, those of us who are lay, the lay faithful make that up. It says, quote, The lay apostolate, however, is a participation in the salvific mission of the church itself. Through their baptism and confirmation, all are commissioned to that apostolate by the Lord Himself. Moreover, by the sacraments, especially Holy Eucharist, that charity toward God and man, which is the soul, which is the soul of the apostolate, is communicated and nourished. Now the laity are called in a special way to make the church present and operative in those places and circumstances where only through them can it become the salt of the earth. Thus, every layman, in virtue of the very gifts bestowed upon him, is at the same time a witness and a living instrument of the mission of the church itself, quote, according to the measure of Christ's bestowal, end quote. You don't have an excuse.
1: You don't have a choice. Right. You don't have a choice.
0: <laughs> that's the thing. And I, I think about all the excuses we use. Oh, I'm not a priest. Oh, that's not my personality. I'm not really outgoing. I might make a mistake. Did you catch the last part of that? It's that according to the measure of Christ's bestowal. Some of us have been given grace in a particular way. I'm more of an outgoing person, so I would, hey, if you want to call me up to your parish, well, let's do a parish mission. You know, I'll, I'll put something together. You may not enjoy it, but I would. <laughs> you know <what> I'm saying? <laughs> I'd enjoy talking to you. You may be, it may be a more of a Lenten penance for you, but <laughs> uh, but I would enjoy that thoroughly. Yeah. Some people are like, no, 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 could not do that, and that's legitimate. But he's calling you some way.
1: Yeah, like I'm, I'm not as outgoing. Casey goes and does street evangelization, and I'm like, oh, nah, I, I'm not about that life, but uh when somebody asks me a question cuz i bring up an aspect of my life or my faith at work heck yeah i'll, I'll respond i i mean i can have a conversation with somebody i know yes. definitely mm-hmm. absolutely and some people think it's the opposite they think that it's easier to have some, a conversation with somebody you don't know but for me i can have i can talk all night shoot far uh, so if shoot it, fire, that really <laughs> that
0: really tells us what part of the world we're from <laughs> Somebody so, in South Africa listened to that. What? Shoot far. Look
1: that up. <laughs> but but if it comes down to, you know, on the street and saying, Do you would you like someone to pray with you? That's that's out of my comfort zone. But I think the Lord gifts us where we are.
0: Yeah, but you gotta recognize that and you gotta quit making excuses that mm-hmm. the Lord just hasn't gifted you at all. So you're gonna like coast. I'm just gonna let old Padre take care of that. I gotta, I've got things going on, right? Mm-hmm. So find ways, and maybe in writing. Writing's a very kind of
1: non-confrontational. Well, it can be. It can't be
0: non-confrontational, unless mm-hmm. you're doing it through Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> <That> Twitter's just <laughs> a confrontational in its nature, I think. Musthtag um, clap
1: back right there. <laughs> exactly. uh,
0: but you know that might be what you're called to do. It may be that you're more vocal. Whatever it is, it's about discerning that. Asking the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit, Lord, I know you want to use me. But that's not even a question. How? How can I be of use to you in the spreading of the gospel? Um, so anyway, that's just some of the thoughts that we had on the new evangelization. Now, how to implement that?
1: Yeah. So how do we implement the new evangelization? And I want to go back to the words of Christ before he ascended in the Great Commission. This is in Matthew uh, 28, 18 through 20 here. Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. That's it, y'all. I mean, that—that that is how we evangelize, right? So let's break it down, though. You've got first, make disciples. What do di- uh, disciples? Let's look at that word. That means disciplines. And I don't mean like, go sit in the corner for five minutes, right? <laughs> I'm talking like prayer. So if you are a disciple, you need to pray. Right? You need to have that discipline. But also you need to be able to explain prayer to someone else. If if you're a disciple too, you need the discipline of scripture. Knowing scripture. Being able to look at it and read it. Not interpret it. I guess. You know, I'm not saying go off the ranch here. Yeah, right. We're not going that far. But to help you with that, Catholic
0: on purpose has a Bible study. It's Monday nights at eight PM. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. No, but but you know, read read the book every once in a while. You know. Pick up the book. Yeah, I mean it's important. Guess what? The good Lord give you some, a, a little note here, and you know what? He that. left it, and he wants you to read it. He doesn't want you to just say, "Oh, well, maybe maybe I'll know I'll hear some of that in mass." No, he left it for you. Praise Jesus for the Gutenberg press, right? Like, let's go ahead and say maybe He wants me to read that thing. He does. And
0: okay. for those of you around here, if you don't know it, and what, what what makes you attract, what makes Catholicism attractive, if you don't know the the Scripture, and you've got all these Protestants, God bless them around us. Uh, what what in the world do you have on offer if they they're, they're so? rule of authorities is the Bible. Yeah. They know it backwards and forwards. They come up to you and ask you about something. You go, Oh, it's yeah, that's in there somewhere. (laughs) Oh, okay. Like I'm not saying, I'm not advocating that everybody has to, you know, have the whole thing from Genesis to Revelation memorized. That's not it, but having a good, working understanding of scripture and being able to point it out or, or point them to resources is essential.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. If they're going to come up and ask you about the Eucharist, you better know the John 6 Bread of yes, Life I'm Discourse. Sorry. I'm sorry. You Period. Boom. That. Okay? I mean, you don't have to know every little place that a Marian doctrine. You don't have to know that uh the Gabira in the Davidic Law and all of that. I, I feel you, but you know what? You better know something.
0: And this just came to mind too. It depends really. I mean, to make this more "Quote unquote, doable." Okay, think about where you are in the just in, geographically, where we are. It's it's very much a Protestant Catholic divide. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's some Orthodox here, right? This is not a really heavily atheistic society that we're living in no. here. It's a Bible Belt. So knowing some of those key one two threes about what divides, you know, the the Protestants from the Catholics, like the papacy or the Eucharist or uh, Marian dogmas, that's that's that would be a good place to start. Yeah, if you're in Europe, maybe, and like we said, you're part of that group that has just kind of fallen away and is more maybe atheistic, I don't know. You're part of the world, um, maybe you need to look into the arguments for God's existence.
1: Yeah, you know, atheists, yeah, yeah, being
0: able to explain to someone, have at least one, maybe two, memorized like the contingency mm-hmm. ar- uh, argument. We're all contingent, and that leads. Look at to Thomas
1: Aquinas, he done. He's a saint, Argued he's all of a saint it. and
0: everything. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. But but yeah. looking at your context, you don't have to know everything about everything about everything. But maybe you do need to know one or two things that would help you better engage mm-hmm. where you find yourself right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And another thing, if you're going to make disciples, you need to be able to off the cuff proclaim Christ. Yep. I, I'm, if you don't know the kerygma, and I know It's Greek to me, right? Okay. Oh, Shakespeare got me. Okay. Uh, Billy. Oh, Billy. (laughs) Uh, Some of you
0: people are rolling your eyes right now. Like, oh, did he just call, did she just call Billy?
1: Yes, I did. (laughs) Yes, I did. (laughs) That's all right. Yeah. But proclaim Christ. Mm -hmm. That's your, that's our discipline as Christians is to proclaim Christ. Now, is it going to work every time? Heck nah. You're not going to convert everybody. But guess what? One of your disipl- disciplines is to proclaim Christ. Because otherwise, how are you going to make more disciples? Mm-hmm. And that's what Christ said. Go make disciples of all nations. Guess what? That includes everybody.
0: Yeah, You even see this right in the New Testament in, on display. Like, for example, in Acts, which we're going over in our Bible study on Monday. Night, oh, sorry. Okay, okay sorry. stop. I'm going to stop, <laughs> stop plugging that. Um, but, uh, you, you see that on full display mm-hmm. where Peter gets up, boldly proclaims the mm-hmm. gospel and he doesn't nuance it and, you know, go through all the little philosophical details and well, really, if you understand this, blah, 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 blah. he just gets up there and says, this Jesus Christ whom you crucified was raised from the dead, repent therefore. Yeah. And it cuts a lot of people to the heart. Other people want him imprisoned. Other people are probably apathetic. Like who cares? It's got Craig. Then uh, you know Saint Paul when he goes to the Areopagus and he's talking and he's among the pantheon of other gods and things and right some of them laugh him out of there but others are like we will hear more from you on this
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know they're intrigued there are people whether you think so or not in your realm of influence in my realm of influence who would be intrigued yeah. the thing is they can't to say the least yeah, yeah they can't be intrigued by something they don't hear
1: yeah <laughs> so what's the next part of that. That uh, great commission that Jesus gives us. So the second part of that is baptize, right? So obviously we're not all priests and I'm not advocating for us to go baptize people, but guess what? The church has seven sacraments and around here, a lot of people don't know them like the Protestants. I don't know. There might be a lot of Catholics that don't know them. I don't know. re
0: evangelize. uh, -evangelize.
1: Our five-year-old somehow has them memorized, yet 35-year-olds don't know them. I'm just saying, (laughs) y'all. But the sacraments are the beauty of the church. So be able to share those sacraments, what they are and why we have them, why they are sacraments. That shows the truth of the church. If you can get somebody convinced that the Eucharist is the body of Christ, which, again, John 6. Just go on and mark it down. It's what? Yeah. If you can get somebody convinced of that sacrament, it's really hard to refute any other than that. That brings most people into the church if they are converting. Mm-hmm. Um, and be prepared to give a witness to those sacraments, why you believe them to be true. And to answer questions, I cannot tell you how often, because like I done said, I got a big mouth, so I talk. Not that I'm introverted, but I don't particularly love to go out and just, quote unquote, evangelize. But I will talk to anybody. So when I'm talking about, um, let's see, what sacrament? Let's go with the Eucharist, because that comes up on the regular. I mean, I have had conversations about Mary and everything too, but oh no, let's go with baptism. Okay, all right. So, some, good one. yeah, somebody all says, <laughs> somebody says, well, I just don't think you have to be baptized. Well, why do they, Wanda? Do they speak like that? <laughs> okay, whoa, Wanda. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, all y'all out there named Wanda. I don't hate you or nothing. <laughs> anyway, well, Wanda. The reason that you need to be baptized is because the good Lord in Matthew said get baptized, right? And sweet Jesus was baptized himself. If you don't know that and you can't easily say Jesus was baptized, we need to be baptized, then that's an issue. So easy to remember, Jesus was baptized, I'm going to get baptized. That's your argument. There you go. So
0: on top of the plethora of other, you know, uh, scriptural references to where you need to be repent and mm-hmm. be baptized for the forgiveness of sins right it's not a there's not a bif- bif- bifurcation there between one or the other and maybe you repent and if you're feeling like if you get around to it be baptized where Jesus when he's talking about being yeah, right being born again by the water and spirit it's not just a spiritual thing where you accept jesus in your heart and then boom you're there there's a physical reality to it that we get through baptism the <laughs> washing of water
1: And I'm going to give you just a real quick one-two punch here, too. Okay. This is both saints praying for us and interceding on our behalf as well as the Eucharist. Okay. So when somebody asks you, well, why do you believe that saints can pray for you? Okay. Because they'll bring up that Jesus is the one mediator between God and men, right? So you can say, Well, it does say that Jesus is the high priest Melchizedek. You are right, but you can also pray for me. But then I like to go ahead after I've established that obviously saints are not gone, whatever, um, that the high priest Melchizedek is in the Old Testament. And what does a high priest Melchizedek do? He um, sacrifices bread and wine before God. That is the foretaste of the Eucharist in the New Testament. So. Just for fun, share that with you.
0: (laughs) Let's get off topic a little bit and come on back. All right. Anyway,
1: the third part of the Great Commission there is to teach others, right? Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, which I know we've already talked a a little bit about just now, but we need to have some basic church knowledge. How how the hierarchy works, or whatever some some part of the catechism, and that doesn't mean memorized, but have a basic working knowledge of Scripture of the catechism. Something
0: that um, it bugs me. It, it, it's one of these quotes that has been now we know has been falsely attributed to Saint Francis that proclaim the gospel mm-hmm. at all times and when necessary use words. Yeah. Wow, that sounds so beautiful. That base, but you know what happens is people use that as like a get out of jail card. And you know, it just kind of like, well, you know, St. Francis, and you know, he's a saint. He said, I don't even need to talk about Jesus at all. I can just look really holy and people will go, oh, I wonder what, I'm going to be Christian, right? Like, <laughs> no, nobody's going to do that. Nobody's going to be like, wow. they." They're well, it might people. attract some people, right? but and I'm not saying you negate that or that you don't look right. Cause we've gone over this in episodes before, right? Looking Catholic. And we have mm-hmm. a whole episode that's called that and right. Living that in an authentic way. But uh, you got to use words.
1: Yeah, and I think and and
0: think about Saint Francis used plenty. Yeah,
1: he went out and evangelized all the time. Yeah, but so have a basic working knowledge. On top of that, though, you're not going to know everything. So either for
0: yourself,
1: okay, (laughs) either know some resources to search or refer people to. Okay, so if that means you know Bishop Barron. My right. bro, okay.
0: Catholic dot com. Yeah. Catholic answers.
1: Yeah, I mean, just know some basic people. Father Mike Schmitz, you know, some people that you can say, you know, I don't know that, but let me look at it up and get back to you, or say, uh, I think that this priest or this bishop or whatever this lay person has a great um, response to that question. Here it is, mm-hmm. and send it to him.
0: Yeah, I think that's that. Just that's another sign that you're genuine, right? Because you could pretend, you know, and come up, pull something out of your butt, and be real, you know, argumentative and just kind of fight it to the death. And oh wow, did you win? Did you quote unquote win that person? Right? Yeah. Uh,
1: I, that's gonna bring people into the church. Just beat right. the dead horse.
0: Yeah. Uh Which leads us to a, a quote that we wanted to end with, and something that Bishop Barron. This is Bishop Barron again. Um,
1: we like him.
0: If you couldn't tell. Uh, that he remarks on in this, and it's about how to evangelize. Uh, but the whole thing about being polemical or being polem- polemical, just, you know, I'm going to fight this out and mm-hmm. just be uh, real. Re- I'm just going to die on this hill, right? <clears throat> you know, and take whoever it is with me. It's not effective, right? You, you really need to, without sacrificing truth, obviously, meet people where they are. And that's kind of a cliche Saying, I know, we're going to meet people where they are and walk with them. (laughs) It seems kind of ambiguous, but it really is. If we want to be effective witnesses, we can't just constantly be just screaming uh, these polemical statements all the time and being on one side or or, or picking something that's our hobby horse and really riding that bad boy out when we should be kind of focusing more on the proclamation of the gospel. Mm -hmm. Not to say that other things aren't important. But the center, the centerpiece of this thing is bringing people into a relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, So we'll leave you with this quote from Bishop Barron, get out there and be evangelizers, be Catholic on purpose. Quote, you have to be flexible and nimble evangelically. There isn't one tool, approach, or strategy. It depends who you're talking to. At the same time, you want to be smart without being polemical. Because that's rarely effective. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Being polemical may give you satisfaction, but it's not effective if the goal is drawing people to Christ.
1: Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of Catholic on Purpose.
0: Until next time, please subscribe, share, and leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast. And may God bless you all.